but, but yeah, I mean, now, like you said, it's, you know, like ketamine. Ketamine is now considered a medicine, yeah. you know, psychologically. It always was, you fuckers. They yeah, just yeah. didn't want people tripping their balls off. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> That's why it was a cat tranquilizer, because cats could handle the trip. <laughs> cats have good taste. They're well, cool. technically, it's a dissociative. But, but I mean, I, that, that, it, it's funny. That we ended up talking about ketamine. Right. Because it is the club drug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and I'll be honest. I mean, I loved ketamine and it was, uh, you know, and I, and I would get to places that felt like sort of Buddhist states of disassociation. Yeah. And like, and, you know, and I, and I suffered from anxiety and depression, you know, and I would notice, I was like, man, it's funny. I do the, you know, I'll go out and have like a ketamine club night and then I feel okay about life for X amount of time yeah. afterwards, you know, and now with, you know, now that these studies are coming out and stuff, I'm like, well, duh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember, sense. I remember crying on it, but feeling good and, mm -hmm. but, but feeling the release of like baggage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I was on ketamine the first time I realized that my family was dysfunctional. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that was like years before my parents broke up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like in a hotel room with my friend and I go, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it never occurred to me. I thought we were like very tight knit group. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, and that's incredible. I mean, that's yeah. like a, la a potentially life changing sort of, yeah, yeah. you know, realization or whatever. So. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. And today my guest is Ricardo Harris Fuentes. He is co-director of the space that we're currently in. Uh, TSA LA, Tiger Strikes, Asteroid LA. We've covered, I'm not going to make you explain Tiger Strikes, Asteroid, because we've done that in several different episodes already. Great. Where did you grow up? Out here? Oh, uh, it, that's a long story. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'll just say this. By the time I graduated from high school, I'd gone to 15 different schools. So I was born in California, um, moved all over California, Northern and Southern California. My parents were academics. They were traveling for research. So I lived in Nicaragua, Brazil, Argentina for different little spots. And then I went to uh, the East Coast of Boston and Washington, D.C. for high school and college. Uh, then went to Chicago for my graduate degree at the Art Institute of Chicago. And then finally back to L.A. after that winter broke me. <laughs> <laughs> so how many winners was it? Just one or two? Six. Six? Six winners? <clears throat> wow. Yeah. I, I Well, you know, Carl, you, you were introduced to me by Carl Barada, who right. has also talked about leaving, <laughs> yeah. being like, F this. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, <clears throat> cool, man. So then what was, uh, look, I, I mean, I've had people from... Uh, the Art Institute, the school at the Art Institute of Chicago. What's the uh, acronym again? SAIC. SAIC. I've had people on before, but I've never really talked about the experience of the school. What did mm. you, what was that like? Aside from the uh, frostbite. Right, right. <laughs> uh, it, it was heaven for me. I mean, I went to a small liberal arts school that didn't have, um, you know, just didn't have like a really developed uh art department. So when I got to the art Institute, it was, it was like Disneyland for me with artists and, you know, just incredible. It was, I mean, I do think it's a really unique or art schools are really unique places in the world where, you know, creativity abounds and, you know, you just meet the most extraordinary people. So for me, it was heaven. I, yeah. I just loved it. And you did your MFA there? I did my MFA there. Um, I kind of had to crawl in the back door. Like I, they didn't accept me at first. So I took some undergrad classes and I got into the post back program and then finally the, the MFA program. So, oh, but I, I loved it. I, you know, as soon as I got there, I was like, oh shit, this is, this is dope. I want to stay. Yeah. So. And then how, how, how's your network? How many people from Chicago? I mean, cause it feels like a lot, maybe not from your class, but there's a lot of, uh, SAIC. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of one of the big clearing houses of art schools. And so there's networks all over. I've never heard it referred to like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, a lot of people doing really well. I think that they actually do a bad job of like figuring out who all their, you know, stellar alumni are, you know, because they just don't have a ton of money mm -hmm. the way other, you know, like a Harvard or something does. But, you know, the, I joke in, in my building, there's off and on like, you know, three to five SAIC alum living in. It's like an That's artist. Saying, <laughs> you know, like... it's like everywhere. Yeah. You, but I remember driving through uh, Hollywood and seeing Carl like loading a body into some you know, <laughs> trunk somewhere. I was like, Hey, I went to school with that guy. <laughs> and, and it was a mannequin. Just yeah, it was for a mannequin. <laughs> Imagine just the FBI yeah. showing up at Carl's house yeah. and being like, Hey, we hey guys, it. what's yeah. going on? <laughs> no, I think he was, he was moving art, I think at that point, but 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I may be oversensitive about yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is that I haven't read uh, YouTube's terms of services all the way through. <laughs> so I well, just no, was, assume everything is bad. Yeah, yeah. No, there, there was that, uh, who's it, like a serial killer called in Howard Stern? Or in like oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you got to be careful. <laughs> you got to be careful, yeah. yeah. But we're pretty sure Carl is not a murderer. No. <laughs> Hey, Carl. <laughs> He's like the sweetest guy on earth. So. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. And then, all right. So then I'm imagining a lot of that uh, uh, Chicago diaspora is not just because the scene is bigger here, but if you, because of that winter thing, right? Mm -hmm. Although Chicago is amazing in the summertime. Yeah. Um, cool. So then uh, what, excuse me, I always kind of try to get people a, a sense of people's art origin stories like mm -hmm. when in your travels was it when you went to rome that i started kind of getting into art that you were like i'm an artist or that you had inklings how did that process um i think you know i mean like probably all of us i i drew my mom has this uh this little postcard of me when i was three like i couldn't quite fully speak and you know i was already drawing you know like i think it's always been in me mm -hmm. um always drew growing up um I took some art classes in college and loved it and then did like a summer art class thing and like almost wanted to drop out of college and kind of just do that. But, you know, wisely, my parents were like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Get your degree. And, you know, what was your, your, your BFA, your BA or BFA? Yeah, no, no I got a BA in philosophy. In so philosophy. Yeah. Not, not and art. And they were excited about that? Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think it was just kind of like a, a general, you know, yeah. thing. I, I don't, my mom, I think my mom majored in philosophy, but I don't know how I got into it. So then what are your like main, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But it actually kind of is part of my larger story in a sense. Cause I think my work actually is kind of trying to pick up on some of that stuff. You know, I think my, my, my interests are kind of like, what, what's the point of life? You yeah. Know, what's, what's, what, what's well, it all about? <laughs> which philosophers did you gravitate towards the most? Like, what, I mean, sometimes you read stuff and you're like, oh, this is interesting, but it doesn't resonate. Yeah. And then, but what are the people that like, you read that, I mean, I, and I'm probably not going to know these names, but maybe you can give us a little in, insight into the, their philosophy. Yeah, sure. Well, I think, you know, I like the Greeks, you know, okay. which are kind of at the, you know, the beginning. I thought they, you know, that philosophy was not so distant from like real world concerns, you know, like what's the meaning of life, you know, what's, you know, what is the world that, you know, that kind of stuff that was, I could relate to. Um, is that different than existentialism? No. And then, and then I kind of came back and I, you know, came around to, um, you know, like Nietzsche and the existentialist, that was like the other group that is more, you know, recent that I got into, you know, in the, I've kind of like lost it in the middle, you know, it's like Kant, there's like some really heavy shit. It's like, you know, the Germans are hard to, <laughs> hard to understand until Nietzsche, you know, and stuff like that. And so, what's Nietzsche's deal? Like in, because the only thing I know is his, uh, Ubermensch. Right, right, right. Stuff. You know, he's just so, uh, I think his writing is style is so beautiful and so powerful and humanistic and it's wild too. You know, it has all these aphorisms that are, that are, you know, like they're almost like koans. You like read it and you're like, what the fuck? This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, but I think what I was actually relating to is I think he was, uh, getting some Eastern philosophy that was not translated so well, or they did, you know, they had an imperfect understanding of it and he was trying to kind of decipher it and contextualize it within uh you know western language and so that's the stuff that is very close to my heart now and and mm -hmm. so i think coming through that you know he also had some, he kind of goes back to the greeks and has some really beautiful stuff that um you know about like the the bacchus and uh, oh that well bacchus is the is the drunk so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the apodinosis <laughs> yeah exactly bacchus and apollo you know i love that shit that kind of you know the two different modes of being in the world so yeah i i'm so one of the things that i do love about like the romans is that i'm literally having a hard time remembering which version of the gods those are mm -hmm. and one of the things that's so crazy about that is that they were not like the romans all for all their evils were not um they like would bring like they would take culture from places right, right. like that was like it wasn't just an exporting what is that noise? It wasn't just an exporting of, uh, hopefully it'll stop soon. That's what I'm talking. It's, it's Bacchus's uh, little flute playing. <laughs> He's like, you guys should not be drinking LaCroix right now. <laughs> um, yeah, the, 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 that, that whole attitude of like, you know, it, 
we're so uh, we're so different, and like we, because there's so many people that try to draw parallels between the American Empire mm-hmm. and the Roman Empire, and like I get it, but like you know, <laughs> it's they so were different. way more fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were they were crazy too, and like their nor- their their mores were different, but yeah. it, it, as a society, I, I'd love to think about that. So then, like, uh, tell me a little bit about the Greeks. And what, what was this, so this is like classical era? Or, yeah, 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 classical era. Uh, you know, there, there's um, Socrates and <clears throat> Plato. I love those stories. And then, you know, the, it moves to Aristotle and it gets a little... I mean, this is, you know, eons ago in my yeah, yeah, brain, no, no, no. brain fibers, but... <laughs> well, I tried to read the book uh, Mythology by w- the one that was really famous, but it was like from the 60s or 70s. Right. I, like, I just remember walking around and all of my parents' friends being like, all the boomers being like, oh, yeah, that's a really good book. And yeah, you just, yeah. it's so dense and yeah, like yeah. so inaccessible. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I do find all of that stuff. Uh, so then how, what is the work is mostly about existential. I've seen your work. I've, right. uh, we're obviously not in your, this is, we're at a TSA show, which is an exchange with a Korean as, as group of artists, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, and I apologize. I'm not going to be able to say their names or speak. Well, we don't until, list yeah. as a policy. We don't list okay. names here because you always forget the last one. Got it. You know, if it's Got a it. list of three, you get, you forget the third. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's a list of five, you'll forget yeah. the fifth. Yeah, totally. You know, so I always cut them off. Amazing. Thank <laughs> it's, you. It's a courtesy. <laughs> Come see the show. It's that, that's the best plug. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's, I mean, we've been watching this video over my shoulder for a little while. And yeah. we're, we're mesmerized because it's like high-end fancy, but it also is contemporary in like ways that we maybe are too old to, <laughs> yeah, to or put into our own work. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, well, cool, man. So then, yeah, tell me a little bit about like the philosophical bent because I've seen the work, but mm-hmm. I do like the like what people are working on that maybe doesn't necessarily always make it to the forefront or sure. you don't know until you talk to the artist right 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 yeah so i i mean i you know i got a nice kind of general background on <clears throat> the western canon of philosophy and then uh sort of at the end of college and then afterwards i started studying eastern philosophy or eastern spirituality with like buddhism in Hinduism. And that really, you know, it's like, oh, this stuff I can really, you know, kind of sink my teeth into and, and have more of a resonance with, I would say. And then, um, so the Buddhism is more of like, um, letting go of desire. Right. And, and, and it's so that you're not dealing with disappointment. I mean, this is a bastardized paraphrase sure. yeah. and, and possibly offensive, but, and then, so what is Hinduism? What's at the core of Hinduism? You know, I would say Hinduism is the same, except that it has this incredibly rich canon of gods, uh, you know, and just incredible stories, way, way better stories, I would say. You know, I mean, you can kind of think of like Hinduism is like uh, Catholicism and then Buddhism is more of like a, a, you know, a pared down um, Protestant strain of, of some of the same stuff, you know, like I think, you know, even historically, I'm not an expert on that stuff, but I think when Buddhism came along, it was because Hinduism was just like so wild with all kinds of gods and deities. And are there, so the stories, are they like kind of mythological, like the, the yeah. classical Greek stories, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. where gods are turning into crazy animals and having sex with, uh, yeah humans and stuff yeah yeah i'm trying i I constantly am it's not vishnu the other one the elephant god uh what i'm blanking on the name but you know the only one is i think it's shiva but that's not the elephant one no maybe it's vishnu yeah you know i think yeah i think maybe vishnu yeah yeah like you know he gets his head cut off and you know the mom is heartbroken and so then she you know cuts off a baby elephant's head and puts it on his head you know so then that becomes his head you know like pretty amazingly wild stuff you know that's up there with the greek stuff yeah uh and we have the british empire to thank for never hearing those stories (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hello england yeah uh yeah cool man i mean i think this stuff is interesting did you have a specific topic for today that you wanted to talk about because i mean i'll just keep asking you about uh about this stuff yeah yeah let's keep going Uh, so then so yeah so then so okay what did you grow up uh, this is a fun one. It may be fun, you know, fun, not fun for you. So my, my parents sort of started off to almost like, you know, very ultra left, you know, kind of almost communist. Well, <laughs> like so were, so you, wait, wait, your, your parents are what background? So my dad's uh, white American from born in Tennessee, kind of grew up all over. He was an army brat. 
Um, and then my mom is Mexican, uh, born in Puebla, Mexico. Which, uh, but that's interesting because people would because a lot of people don't know that Tennessee and uh, all of these places used to have a very like you know that's what the, what the matter with Kansas is about that book right yeah, yeah. like the it's the there there is there was like a very strong leftist movement there right maybe a little racist right but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and so my dad grew up in our um, air force brat you know he my grandfather was in the in the military in the air force and stuff so my dad you know kind of i mean he jokes that the military is almost like communism you know everyone's kind of taken care of everyone's in uniforms you know very communal kind of living Run by the state. Run by the state. I mean, yeah. yeah. Which technically isn't it. communism, but I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. like, like Stalinist yeah, communism. Yeah. 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 And so, um, so anyway, he, you know, is kind of like a classic 60 era, 60 eras, uh, radical, um, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, they're, that, they're not like, that sounds so old. That sounds yeah. so outdated, right? Like yeah, yeah, radical, no. the idea of calling yourself a radical. I started to do that recently too, Yeah, but yeah. 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 And so, and you know, I mean, not full communist, but you know, interesting. But like in the like, air, in the time of Abby Hoffman, when yeah. those trials, which were a crazy circus and on, on, on purpose, like the first social media influencers. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> meets a little jackass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. And so, the, you know, he kind of, my mom was into that at first. She's kind of veered away, but, you know, going to the religion stuff. So they weren't too religious, but then my mom, I think pretty early on in her life, got into Judaism. She grew, she was born Catholic, you know, Mexican Catholic, but she, she got turned on by Judaism and then she subsequently converted, I don't know, 25 years ago, something like that. And so, oh, wow. I, so I grew up, um, you know, like I have my mom and my stepdad have a kosher house and stuff like that. Um, so I grew up with a, you know, kind of Jewish background. My dad was also kind of new agey and he introduced me to Buddhism and that sort of stuff. But I didn't grow up with like a real strong, you know, it's funny to say religious environment. You know, my mom did some of the customs and stuff like that, but they, they weren't like, you have to believe in the Jewish God. And, you know, there was none of that. But also the, the, the uh, new agey tradition, my dad also did that for a while too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he's probably still, I don't know if he still meditates, but he yeah. used to like wake up at four in the morning and meditate for like three hours. Wow. And we would wake up in the morning and like he would be doing exercises where he's like knocking on his head. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and he, he has this like, he had this, uh, this like, it was, it's a pole uh -huh. and then just a board to like support yourself for like long-term medita wow, meditation. Cool. Yeah. It was, he was pretty into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know I can totally relate to that. And I think that it is very much of that generation where it's like, uh, the counterculture maybe happens and then, you're looking for something, but the American cultural landscape is not really, you know, and also for like, like my dad is white by our compare, by, by like, you know, when he goes to Latin America, but over yeah. here, he wasn't treated like that, you yeah. know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, I mean, even connecting our stories, my, you know, my dad wrote a bunch of books on Che Guevara, like, oh, wow, been, to, wow. been to Cuba a bunch of times. My dad stuff. was more of a neoliberal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. And I say that because, you know, sometimes I'm in situations I have, you know, Cuban American friends where it's like, eh, I you know, I can't talk about that stuff. And, yeah. The Cubans are very, uh, they're not, um, they're not a monolith, you know, mm, yeah. and like, and it's, it's funny when, because they don't like, like, the, you know, they don't like the, 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 the flirtation with communism mm -hmm. because they've like have a very particular understanding of it. I don't think anyone really in this country really has a sense of like what their like parents went through it, right. it's really easy to just be like these guys are white and it's like yeah, yeah but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know uh, like there's a lot of memery going on about like how everybody that it fled to the u.s was like a slave trader and i was like i don't know if that is that accurate right 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 yeah. <laughs> like they were definitely came from conquistadors but i don't know when slavery ended in um in cuba but it's not like my grandparents had slaves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the last place it ended was the U.S. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was recent because it's like anytime your client state of some place that is like. Right. Yeah. Anyway, but but I get what you're saying. Like Latin American politics is always very intense. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, and I and I sort of grew up in it, and I think it, you know, it well, you grew up in Nicaragua too. Yeah, right? yeah, we were there, you know, during the Iran Contra conflict. You know, we lived in this, I mean, ironically, this like plantation, like a sugar plantation that my dad rented while he he was teaching there, and uh, you know, there were like gunfights in the you know the distant hills behind and stuff. So. Have you seen Susan Micellas' work on that? I haven't. Oh, I haven't, dude, yeah. I I think it might make you nostalgic. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It really it it, it uh, yeah. She was shooting those. Uh, Sandinista Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. Do you have memories? Like, how mm-hmm. how old were you? Yeah, I was I was seven there, so I have pretty, so, pretty yeah. you know solid you know memories of that and stuff. And like, yeah, going places with the Sandinistas. <laughs> I mean, it was not enjoyable for no, a kid. No, no, I was no, like, no, no, no. It's terrifying. Cool. You yeah. can't go outside. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So you know, and I think that kind of the the sort of trauma of that I think is inform my work at different times and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, in connection to you know that sort of radical past of my parents, it did that didn't feel like the way for me you know in terms to of to be a radical yeah you know yeah, yeah. In, in terms of just even resolve resolving you know sort of conflicts and stuff and so mm-hmm. i mean i think i went more of a, like a spiritual route uh which i think it's probably more dangerous for you to be a radical nowadays anyway yeah yeah <laughs> like well, there's just the surveillance is just insane i mean i know people that have um have like had like people of my parents' generation that have their mail opened when they receive it, mm. like steamed open. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's no joke. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was serious terrorism going on at the time too. There was like the weatherman and shit like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, cool, man. So then, so it was, which were the Latin American countries? You named a, a couple. You named the Nicaragua, uh, Argentina, Brazil. Those were okay. the sort of primary places. But you know, we were in all of them. You know, doing yeah. different small you know trips and stuff and doing stuff. So Brazil is cool, but mad dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, what what period was that? Oh, just a little bit before Nicaragua. So I, I was seven in Nicaragua. So probably you know early eighties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I could just picture the shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember wearing those shorts. I was in Costa Rica at around that time. Yeah. And then nice. I, I didn't leave uh, to, to go to Italy till around then. Cool, man. So then you do seem to have like leftist leanings, though, like more so than, you know, your typical person that's right. voted for anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I mean, uh, I'm obviously very liberal. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, like a Marxist or anything like that, no, or even know yeah. what even know what that's about, really. Well, you would have to read it to be able to say that, and I yeah. haven't read it. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, then, okay. So then, um, so just a little bit more on on where you're at with uh, with your process. Then, like, mm-hmm. what 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 are you interested in? Versus like how we, how has it evolved? Right. So through, you know, I, I got into Buddhism cause my, uh, I broke up with a girlfriend when I was in high school and I was like, how do I deal with this pain? <laughs> and so that kind of started its own like sort of spiritual journey for me and kind of getting into these Eastern religions and meditation practices and stuff like that. And so I, you know, kind of always harbored that sort of interest, uh, separate at first from my art, you know, practice, you know, um, getting into painting and sort of traditional painting from life and that sort of stuff. Uh, but at a certain point in grad school, basically, I, I was trying to figure out how to have those two things overlap, um, which at the time at the Art Institute and I think in contemporary art, there was not a lot of appetite for, you know, I mean, mm. I remember talking, trying to bring up spirituality in grad school and people were like, "Ugh, this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's at that point we were just coming out of like painting is permanently dead, you know, we, so like I could paint. But, <laughs> and then people just kept buying paintings. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You know, and then, yeah. And then spirituality was like, oh my God, this guy's into painting and spirituality. Forget it. He's done. <laughs> what do you, what do you think people like, uh, saw it? Like, do you, did, were they like reacting to you? Like you were into crystals or were they like, yeah, Western guy into Eastern stuff? I don't even think they responded at that level. I thought they just thought I was an idiot. They just know? didn't like religions. Yeah. They, they were just secular. Yeah. Elitist. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing I thought and it, Hopefully I don't get in too much trouble for saying this. I felt like Chicago had a, a bit of a problem that they were trying to, they, they embraced the second city thing a little too much. And they felt like they were kind of in the sh- long shadow of um, 
New York, mm-hmm. you know, so I felt like it sort of actually tamped down some of the, the creativity at times there. And so it seemed like there was like a strong push for abstraction there. When I was there, it was, everything was kind of like, yeah, that is always one of the weird things that I found with institutions like that. Like, you know, there's like the Micah Brown, you know, like the people that go to study at Micra become, <laughs> become obsessed with a specific shade of brown because right. of the, the colors of in, in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. And like, and it's, it's strange like that where, and then like Cal Arts has this very, very specific conceptual bent. Mm-hmm. Like it really is interesting when you're studying to, like there's some level of conformity involved in that, that I think is like, not discussed you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> i used to love standing in front of the art institute you know you'd see all these like office people walking by because it's right on michigan avenue and you know they looked a particular way and then all the artists were <laughs> hipsters and i was like oh they all look one way you know but they're all dressed exactly the same in their group you know it's like yeah two schools of fish swim, swimming against each other but you know it's funny to see like oh that's definitely not an office worker you know like yeah, the conformity yeah. within that group i learned what a hipster was in chicago i didn't know it before oh really <laughs> yeah what year was that 2006 i just you know i was oh, late okay, to yeah, get yeah. the memo i was like what, yeah, yeah. what is that? they're kind of like skaters but... <laughs> <laughs> no i that that is around in the time where, where where the terms started to emerge i feel like i've been out and i was talking to somebody while we were hanging out and the subject of hipster came up and then we started looking around and trying to spot a hipster i don't think that that exists anymore i think it maybe went out with a man bun right like that that might have been like the last one because now everybody's just kind of yeah. Like not, I don't know. Or just took over all of LA. Or or maybe I'm it, I, I'm just blind, like snow blind. When when all you see is white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you well, are like, a hipster it, now. Uh, yeah, like, maybe I'm a hipster, and I'm just, just culture. That's how. <laughs> it's just, they, they're just people. Yeah. <laughs> um, what 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 has your style been? I like your style, by the way. Oh, I, I, I respect a man that that I, I the, that does the. I've seen. I've also done the uh, sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. I'm not calling you out. <laughs> I'm, but I'm like, I like a, I like a, a nice looking fancy sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna go hiking after this. So I was like, I need to pull the fancy sweatpants out. But I was a little disappointed you didn't dress up in the clown suit that you promised. This is the clown suit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I like uh, I like your sense of prints and stuff. Um, what 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 were you growing up? Were you like a skater? kid what kind of no i was like a, a club rat club rat like tech, house, you know, house sweat, music yeah like Steady house beat? music or break you know, beats i mean no just like trance and trance okay house and tech you know like at the beginning of it here you know I yeah like, why, why i mean that you, you're like this that people are always like where you I mean still they're like are you from miami <laughs> <laughs> yes dude i've said that i said that to carl i said yeah, yeah. that or no who did i say that to anyway i was just at art basil and you are 100 percent correct you do have a very that's why i thought you might be from florida yeah uh just because you're a Harris Fuentes. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So something about that. Yeah, maybe I should check it out. I mean, I love Miami, but... Uh. But no, I mean, the club scene is 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 fine in, in Miami. I, I was into it uh, too, but I was more of a raver. Mm-hmm. So like, there was overlap, but, oh, yeah. uh, but it sounds like you were more into... Like, were you going to warehouse parties and stuff like that? Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't find that many of them when I was growing up. I mean, I, I lived in. I did. I studied abroad for a year in England and went clubbing there and loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in a way, that's also a big part of my work. You know, that I, I don't. You yeah, know, I've seen some black light. Yeah, it's like oh. it's hard to like talk about that. Uh, you know, in, in certain intellectual circles, but I mean, it's it's in the art world too. You know, but you know, the, for me, it was a very special experience. You know doing the stuff you do in clubs and uh molly <laughs> yeah and you know feeling like you're one you yeah, know yeah, and you're, yeah. you're surrounded by lights and people and that you know con- connection you know f- simulated fabricated connection what year were you in the uk uh, i was in london in, in, in london mm-hmm. what, what year uh 98 99 dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay i can see i mean that club scene probably is very different than the miami club scene when i think of miami club kids it's different it's like yeah. a lot of like but when you said trance and not house that that's where i got like okay we're we're a little bit more euro yeah, Wait, yeah. did you hang out with any euro trash oh yeah, yeah i mean i loved euro trash yeah that, that, that was my jam yeah. you know and then i came back here and i was like why is it in weird warehouses and you know you know creepy corners and stuff like that yeah, i was kind of yeah. looking 
looking for that. And then it seems like it migrated and, yeah, yeah. you know, I went to Miami, I don't know, t t more than 10 years ago. And I was like, wow, this is an incredible club scene. You yeah, know, no, Miami's club scene. It's, it's varied. There's definitely like, uh, I, and it's been so long, yeah. but the thing that was, it's the same people, mm. you know? And so like, so you were a club scenester is what mm -hmm. I'm getting. Yeah. You like would see this. It's basically like being part of the art scene now, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just a different, instead of art, it's like everybody likes trance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool, man. Yeah. I, I can, I can picture it. I mean, just being Miami from Miami, like, uh, I, you're, you're talking when you were in London, that was like, when Chemical Brothers was making the UK popular over here, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. and we yep. were like, uh, and then that movie with what's his name, the 24 hour party people. Have you ever seen that? No, I, but for me, the, the big one was train spotting. Train spotting. You know? yeah, yeah. 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 That was a crazy movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that fucked up a few of my friends in Miami. <laughs> yeah, and totally. they, it was like, oh, that's, it's not that romantic. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah oh. Dead baby. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. definitely. I mean, it was a good movie though. Um, yeah. So then like you were, you're a raver or you're a, you're a club kid. Was there a lot of like other art kids in that scene? Did, did, did were there? No, I, I, it's funny. I, I, um, yeah, it was like my, I had to make a personal shift, you know, and it happened in Chicago cause I kind of came in as this like person that, you know, kid interested in art. Um, I'll, I'll just rewind a little bit to my story. So I went to school in, in Massachusetts, uh, got, got an undergrad degree in philosophy. Then I went to New York after school and I was like, oh, I, well, I want to be, you know, I love art and I want to be rich. So I'm going to be an art dealer because that mm -hmm. seems like that's the marriage of, you know, art and business. But immediately within like literally nine months, I went to work for uh, the Pace Gallery and, it, you know, it's like a very intense kind of devil wears Prada environment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck this. I want to be an artist. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so dumb. Uh, you know, and that's when I kind of, I started taking some course classes at this place called the New York studio school, which is kind of like an, a very traditional painting from life thing. And, and that was kind of where I started to be, be like, okay, I'm an artist, but this is dumb. I don't want to do anything but make art and for a living. You know, but I, I, so it was kind of like I had two personalities, club kid, artist, you know, mm. and that they didn't kind of conform. And then in Chicago, the club kids sort of started to, I don't know, I guess, I don't know why I'm talking about it like this, but yeah, you know, kind of separate lives that, that were not connected for a long time. And then I figured out how to, to connect portions of that plus the spiritual in, in, in my work. But that, that was like a 10 or 15 year journey to kind of figure all that stuff out. But it's interesting because I kind of, I can relate to that. I remember like, it's well documented that I was a degenerate drug uh, kid when I was in Miami Nice, and that, <laughs> it, but I think that part of that was, yeah, I liked sports and stuff like that, but like the real creative philosophical strange stuff was happening with the people that were maybe toying around with their heads a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, going out to the clubs, going out to, you know, party, like doing things like ketamine and other things that people shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I do, I do think that that is like, it's an interesting thing because I think that there is like, you are having a communal experience that you're, you're not necessarily, I mean, those relationships have definitely gone to the wayside and I still have friends that are trapped with addiction issues that, that I love very much. But, um, but it is an interesting thing. Like, I feel like, I feel like that was like, uh, especially in a place that was like Miami, that was kind of boring mm -hmm. <laughs> and there wasn't much to do. It was like, you could explore your mind bro, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. get out there. So yeah, I think that's interesting. Uh, as a, did you guys like, what did you, were you able to be yourself fully and like talk about philosophy and stuff like that with the club kids or were they like not really that interested? In oh yeah. I mean, look, when you're on drugs late at night, you know, it's fun it's to interesting. talk about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly what you're talking about, you know, and, and just that, you know, I'll be forthcoming. I'm sober now. I don't yeah, you know, yeah. drink or do drugs or any of that stuff. Which you, is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, you know, I mean, like we're saying, you know, it's like as human beings, as people in an alienated sort of modern lifestyle, you know, the thing we need is connection. Yeah. You know, we want to understand like, what's it all about? And, you know, clubs provide an incredible version of that, that I think is, you know, simulated or fabricated based on drugs and other stuff, you know, but what the need and the desire to get in there is very, is very real, you know, very meaningful. And so, um, it wasn't sustainable for me over the long haul. And oh, so, I don't party at all. Yeah. I have not touched anything other than weed <laughs> right. and alcohol in ages, except for yeah. maybe a few psychedelics here and there. But yeah, I totally... Yeah. I, but, I, yeah, I mean, not like you said, it's, you know, like ketamine. Ketamine is now considered a medicine, yeah. you know, psychologically. It always was, you fuckers. They yeah, just yeah. didn't want people tripping their balls off. <laughs> 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 That's why it was a cat tranquilizer, because cats could handle the trip. <laughs> cats have good taste. Well, cool. technically, it's a dissociative, but but I mean I, that that it, it's funny that we ended up talking about ketamine, right? Because it is the club drug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and I'll be honest. I mean, I loved ketamine, and it was, uh, you know, and I and I would get to places that felt like sort of Buddhist states of disassociation, yeah. And like, and you know, and I, and I suffered from anxiety and depression, you know, and I would notice. I was like, man, it's funny. I do the, you know, I'll go out and have like a ketamine club night, and then I feel okay about life for X amount of time yeah. afterwards, you know. And now with, you know, now that these studies are coming out and stuff, I'm like, well, duh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember, sense. I remember crying on it, but feeling good and, mm-hmm. but, but feeling the release of like baggage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I was on ketamine the first time I realized that my family was dysfunctional. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that was like years before my parents broke up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like in a hotel room with my friend and I go, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it never occurred to me. I thought we were like very tight knit group. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, and that's incredible. I mean, that's yeah. like a, la- a potentially life changing sort of, yeah, yeah. you know, realization or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a powerful in, ter- in terms of things that F you up. I th- I would say that it, it can, it's even, it can be more intense than like LSD and, and mushrooms mm-hmm. just because if your body feels like it's like part of this flowing soup <laughs> and like, and then you get up and you walk and you're, you feel like you're walking on stilts. Yeah. We used to do wild stuff, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Not, we don't want to <laughs> you're sober now. We don't, I don't want to like <laughs> trigger. Yeah, I got to get out of here. You're like, Hey, remember how good it was? Yeah, yeah. No, but I, but it sounds like you're like me. You, you don't regret. I mean, it sounds like it obviously it got to a point where you had to stop for your own well being, which I commend you for. And I think I really respect, Right. but uh but i totally know i can tell like you were probably very fun to hang out with uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just by your sunny disposition right. like the few interactions we've had yeah. outside of this interview <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i can see that's what i love about doing these is i get, I get to I get a an actual sense of somebody instead of like them in a moment in a space that's right. like maybe overwhelming you know yeah Overly yeah. constructed. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's part of my work, you know, I'm like an educator and it's like hard for me to, I don't, to, you have to be careful about like when I talk about it, how I talk about it and yeah. you know, that kind of stuff, um, which I, you know, I, I still, I'm f- figuring out how to negotiate, but you know, another part of my work. So one, one thing that I did is I, I did ayahuasca with some shamans. I've done it a bunch and that was a, a transformative, like my life like was going this way and then it went that way after that, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's like a drug in some people's minds, you know, but, um, and that stuff is very much a part of my work. I don't talk about it explicitly almost ever in, you know, written format or even, you know, this is, this is an interesting experience for me in terms of who will see this and know about it. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how yeah, I like it. I was telling yeah. you, I was getting anxiety over it doing well. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, until the ketamine interview and then it went wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dude, I've talked about it. I'm trying not to, because I also don't want to be, uh, I mean, I know it hurt a lot of people, so I don't want to be the guy that glorifies it. You know, right. I, right. I know that it's some things it's, it's a different case for everybody, but if right. you can't, if it hurts you, don't do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah. Well, know. also there's a, the, a thing that, you know, and, and I would include myself and just be talking about myself that, you know, you can do all this stuff and your life can be a mess, you know? And like, so then it's like, how, how beneficial is it for yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, t- right? t- totally. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, it's, it's not, uh, look, man, tripping all the time is not good for you. <laughs> right. 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 I, I've done it. <laughs> yeah. I've done it's the homework. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I can, I can, uh, attest to don't try to eat 
acid as you know because you can't like trip too many too frequently in a row yeah don't figure out how soon you can do it <laughs> and then start doing like that for a month it's just a bad idea <laughs> uh yeah man no i get it i totally get it i i feel like i, I feel a kinship with that experience of being like because i remember when i went to school in florence i was and i told you that i did terrible at that point right um and i was like i was maybe the second biggest degenerate mm. in the whole community <laughs> of like kids from all over the all over california and yeah, nice. or, i'm sorry all over not all over america america is bigger than california yeah um and like and just like that was eye-opening to just be like oh like i'm part of a community of children that have been traumatized by access to drugs <laughs> <laughs> and 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 uh, in a few years we're going to be decimated and yeah. i'm going to be sitting there with my friend and be like Oh my God! What happened to like you know? You just wake up one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it it it's fun, but it's it's hard living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when you when you step outside of it, and you're like, this isn't normal. Like that is mind blowing. Right. Yeah. yeah. There was one kid from Boston who used to get way more fucked up than me, and I was like. So I was the Bostonians. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but I mean, I wasn't too far behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like Miami and Boston and then everybody else was like, hey, we like to smoke weed. We're well adjusted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then, so, okay, so then uh, what? who are you now? Like, how do you, what is the new sobriety, the, the new balance? Because obviously you, you, we've talked about how it, how this part of it, works into your work even though you don't necessarily talk about it but like what i mean one thing that i miss because i still smoke weed is Mm. just being able to have vivid dreams Mm because i just forget them you know because of the thc in in my brain um it's so funny somebody just talked was talking about that uh oh no they were talking about willie nelson saying that oh yeah yeah, he's like, when I don't smoke weed, I have incredible dreams. I was like, you don't smoke weed? When does Will? <laughs> <laughs> when is he sober? I know. Even yeah. Snoop Dogg said he got outsmoked. <laughs> he was like, yeah, totally. he only kept smoking because he was with Willie Nelson and he didn't want to feel like a V word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So, so tell me about that. Like, how was that? Process? How long have you been sober? You said how uh, long? More than six, like six, More than six. almost six okay. and a half. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I had, I had some like, um, how do I say it? Yeah. You, you know, I had kind of like a, a nervous breakdown at a certain point. So I had to like cut out, you know, drugs and alcohol. And then that kind of started a, did you have a particular thing that you, was it alcohol? Was it, was it a particular, like, were you a cokehead? Yeah. I mean, all of the above. Oh, I like okay. everything. So you, you, yeah, you, yeah. You were, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 You were a club kid club as kid. an adult coming to terms with being a club kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, or, or actually it's funny. I didn't even know I had a problem. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, no, no, no. I, which, I, I, which is kind of, you know, it's like news to the, you know, the person, um, you know, and I think in the end I was probably, I was just medicating different things like, you know, depression and anxiety and it just wasn't, it was not the right tool for that for me. And so I've always had a spiritual side, but I had to really dig much deeper into the spiritual stuff and then also, um, you know, therapy and that kind of stuff. And so that, you know, and that's where my work sort of comes out of now, you know, Mm -hmm. in a way is, is trying to, you know, not, I mean, I'm sure I heal myself through my work, but you know, the, the, I started working with shamans and I got very much, you know, interested into sort of indigenous wisdom traditions. And, and that like really captured both my, um, it's kind of cheesy to say it, my soul, but also my intellectual life, you know, and that's what my work kind of steered towards. It started to reveal itself as the direction that I wanted to pursue my you know, artistic path. Uh, did you join a program or did you just do it uh, on your own or, uh, cause those programs can be intense, but they can also be very helpful. I, I, you, right. I don't want to say which one, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, I've open. So that I've, it's, I've joined it's, a lot of programs. Let's put it that way. You know, I mean, or organizations and, in you know, healing communities and stuff. And you, that, and you sponsor people and, and stuff, uh, or, or no, uh, I, I don't know if I would say I sponsor people, but I work, you know, I work just, with people you support, to help you support, yeah, yeah. I support people. Yeah. And so, and, and that, I think, you know, beneath my work, beneath my, a lot of different aspects of my life is sort of the desire to help 
heal people, heal, you know, communities, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Cause it, life is traumatic enough. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. everybody needs some fucking healing. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, societies need healing, individuals need healing, communities need healing. And that, and so that sort of informs both the way I conduct myself as an artist, but you know, and I mean, I, I think the TSA people might think it was weird if I said I was trying to heal them or something, but you know, it's about <laughs> connecting, you know, yeah, con yeah. building connection with people and bringing art into the world, which I think in Intrinsically is a healing thing for society. Well, just the fact that you're making communities like you're helping keep the community together and, and keep it moving forward is, is a big deal. You know, yeah. like that, those are the things that help people. Yeah. I mean, I get tremendous help, like emotional support just from talking to people like this. You yeah. Know? It's definitely not the money. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Although I, I hope it comes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the abundance is coming, you know, for me, at least in this moment and, now, yeah. you know, being, being with people, having connection, you know, cause I mean, that's what I wanted in the club. I wanted, I wanted this, I wanted to, you know, get to know you and get to know other people and not feel alone in the world. You oh know? yeah. Especially in the art world, which can be feel like it's, it can feel so vast and you can feel so small in it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is, there is something to having people that are fighting the same fight, mm -hmm. which it, it, I mean, it's weird to say it like that, but it is a fight to yeah. sort of be an artist nowadays, in, in, at least in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is nice to sort of feel like you're not the only crazy person out here that does all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, I think something that's really beautiful about the, the sort of sub art world that we're in, you know, mm -hmm. this kind of TSA, MVP, Durden and Ray, you know, like I, I think even, I was talking about it with Carl. I, uh, you know, I think one day, you know, there'll be some history of us and, you know, there, there is a sort of subgroup within the Los Angeles culture uh you know I think, and I, yeah i mean why why wouldn't there be especially because like these amount of this is so old mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not even about me you right. know like monavist is bigger than any one of its members and i think tsala too right you right know? right like, yeah like it, it it all the people that were in monavista when i when i started to like have a relationship with the space and and ended up realizing that i was working my way in like yeah. uh yeah all those people are gone they moved on and they have like crazy careers too yeah it's like a nice stepping stone i definitely think that something like that should should be i mean that's kind of one of the reasons that i'm doing this you know i, yeah. I want to document that because i think it's like if no one was there to record cbgb's or talking about <laughs> yeah. it right like yeah totally who's gonna who's gonna know it ever happened yeah you know yeah, yeah. how many people were in that show the what's it called what's his name the Sex Pistols show. That wasn't that wasn't at CBGBs. I think that was somewhere in the UK. But anyway, but I'm sure they played at CBGBs. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, tons of times probably. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like, I don't know. It's it, it, it it's interesting how all of those efforts. I think that I agree with that because it's not commercial, mm -hmm. you know, and so people treat it with more preciousness. Mm -hmm. Like they wanna they wanna keep that memory alive. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel, you know, you feel it. I mean, I, I sort of feel like the LA art world is one of the most, if not the most sort of friendly and warm art worlds I've been in. It's um, crazy, right? Yeah. It's almost unsettling at first when you're, you're like, wait, they what? said hi to me when I yeah. walked in. What? Yeah. That's yeah. literally what's happening to me with this show. Like, I don't, I think anywhere else people would be like, oh, fuck this guy. Yeah, yeah. He thinks he's hot shit and people yeah. are like actually nice to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, like, they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what I think about yeah. and what, how dark I am. <laughs> yeah. They're thinking it too. It's just, yeah. They're, they're yeah. just they like, a tan, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, they're like, oh, I'm not the only one, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they don't have a podcast. So I just feel alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. So then what, what, what do your, uh, what, what's, what can we expect from, um, TSA moving forward? Like, what do you guys, we're, we're, we're like, we were talking before how we're all just coming out of like COVID and mm -hmm. grogginess and like actually starting to propose shows right. at, at Monta Vista. I just proposed a show nice. to, uh, last night. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been part since like for like for over a year now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't I do it sooner? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so like what you're, you're, you are co-director with Alex Peck. Peck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
And uh, and uh, do you guys like you have weekly uh, long walks on the beach where you talk wish, about the ambitions yeah. for the space? <laughs> totally. <laughs> we we try and meet every two weeks for you know I don't know twenty minutes, half an hour to kind of talk about stuff. It doesn't you know often you know one or both of us are busy and we don't quite get to make that. But um, yeah, what you know I have I've also been at uh, TSA about the same time as you, so I still feel like the new kid, even mm -hmm. though I'm like the co-director, which just means I kind of you know send a few more emails and you know non-co-directors or whatever. Um, but it, it seems like we're in a, a really great place. We're you know getting outside grants and stuff like that. We have quite a decent budgets for shows and stuff, so mm -hmm. it, it feels it feels like a pr pretty solid you know organization you know and then there's the larger tsa thing that uh alex has sort of built up over the years with spaces and you know, you know all wait so alex does all like coordinates all the other stuff yeah he's yeah. director of all tsa he he's um i guess it's called i guess he's called the director of the network or you know okay i mean we the titles are not that important but um yeah he sort of helps manage the um i think we're, we're set up as a non-profit in new york you know but we channel money to all five spaces to to help them with their shows. I mean, all of the spaces pay dues, but uh, it's it's. I have to say, it's a really incredible thing that you know he and other people have built up over the years. I mean, it's, yeah, I didn't I didn't know he was like. I mean, I knew. I, I, I first heard of him when, uh, when he was like, when I, when I interviewed Carl like a while back. Right. Uh, cause I didn't, I didn't realize Carl wanted to step back, but I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. But then the other thing that's dope about TSA is that you guys have double duty people. Cause Alex is always doing a million different things. Right. I mean, right, I can't right. even keep up. Like I, <laughs> if you tried to go to all of Alex's shows, <laughs> you, would, <laughs> be tired. you would not do anything else. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, how, no, I'm just shocked that he also does that and uh yeah that's that's really impressive and then you also have uh katia Udvitsky. Udvitsky. Uh -huh. i was very i'm very proud of being one of the only ones in this area <laughs> in this crew that knows how to say her name yeah, yeah. and uh and then carl barada i mean like you guys have heavy hitters this is like yeah. legends of uh, <laughs> of uh, what's legends of bendix <laughs> yeah that's actually what it is like legends of people that make the bendix and make high beams yeah and stuff like that that yeah. i mean that must be really exciting energy to to be like around yeah totally yeah. i mean alex and katia are the ones who pr pretty much brought me in or you know my bridge into tsa um not carl you're not gonna oh, no no sorry, sorry no no i messed up i misspoke carl and katia <laughs> no, i met carl through i mean uh, alex, <laughs> alex <laughs> through through you know tsa and and then quickly was like i'll you know i'll jump in to do the you know co-director thing because carl was at that point like i you know i want to step down if somebody wants to jump in i was like shit yeah. I don't know what I'm getting into. Why not? <laughs> so, and I feel bad because I mean, I feel like I'm the weakest link between Carl and Alex, you know, those two are just incredible powerhouses of like productivity and, you know, just kind of both of their instincts is really, I think default super generous. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I remember when I first became aware of these spaces and it's so crazy you know at, like you have such uh reverence for them when you when you when you finally become part of them and then like now it's on you to run it and you're like fuck yeah yeah oh, i don't want to do this <laughs> it's like this was cooler when someone else ran it and i was just like coming to the show and, yeah you know, i gotta do it yeah but no i'm kidding it's 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 fun but it's it's it, when anytime you're doing stuff where everybody's committed to doing it volunteer on a free volunteer basis, it is a very interesting way of like working because you're working with people that really care mm -hmm. <laughs> and are not getting paid. Right. And that's a balance right there, right, you know, right. where it's like you, that, that level of investment is so crazy right. that we all have, you know, plus combining it with exhibitions, which nine out of 10 times are a disaster, yeah. you know, behind the scenes, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like just a shit show of just, you know, everything possible goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can't find something. Yeah. <laughs> we were already laughing that we've lost the, the, the back of the remote control for this. Yeah. Television. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You can never find the drill. It's, yeah. Uh, Where yeah. are the instructions and the wave, you know, the media players, uh, uh, Fritz. Yeah. It's just, uh, Oh, this wall is made of concrete. Yeah. We got to, <laughs> Dude, that drilling into that concrete wall, just putting all of your weight into it, is so boring. Yeah, <laughs> and it's and it's entirely based on faith because you're like, maybe this one's the one that's not gonna go through. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> what are you gonna say? You're funny. We're just uh, drilling into the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was drilling into the ceiling with somebody. We're just like coming away with faces of white dust. We're like, nope, that's yeah. not it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, all the art handling is uh, is is always a little bit of drama, and you're like, are you're dealing with people's work too, mm-hmm. which is fun. Like I hate touching art. I know. You know, like enough time, you're like, I don't want to break it. I don't want to get you know smudge it. Or <laughs> yeah, you put it aside and then you put it up, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, cool, man. Anything that I, you that you maybe wanted to talk about that I have not in my psychic abilities been able to divine yeah no i i mean i feel bad that i didn't come in with a thesis no no it's but, okay yeah yeah no, but dude, i mean i think thesis, my the thesis is mine yeah yeah i nice. don't know what my thesis is you <laughs> don't have to present a thesis like <laughs> my thesis for life well i think it's connection you know yeah. i mean for me the the pandemic you know like everyone you know isolation and all of that and i was supported by you know being uh with students, but also being part of like, you know, spiritual clubs and stuff like that. But I was like, shit, as an artist, I'm completely closed off and kind of alone and not networking. And, you know, and I knew Carl, I got into the high beams thing. And then, you know, I heard that uh, TSA was looking for new members and that was just the kind of logical progression. And I, you know, for me, that's been a really organizing principle is how how can I be in a community? How can I contribute to something instead of, you know, just trying to take or get, you know, no yeah totally yeah yeah no so, and i mean you fit in right right away like I, <laughs> the first time you had your show where you had the fan here yeah, yeah. and you had you you were with your dog and you, yeah, yeah. that was the most miami outfit i was like i, I yeah, was totally. like but then you were so friendly and i was like there's no way this guy's from miami right right <laughs> Miami people aren't like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, good. Dress like Miami. Yeah, yeah. You're like you. You are as inviting as the appeal, as the apparel that yeah. you wear. As the neon, yeah. the neon colors. Yeah, yeah, man. And then, so what, what do you? When you say spiritual clubs, what are you talking about? Like, just like because it's not a church. It's obviously I don't yeah, take yeah. you as a cult guy. Yeah, no, no. Well, no, it is a cult. Uh, I mean, I'm joking, but oh, okay. yeah. I mean, I want to start a cult. I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out how to get there. We're still... In, You're at the right age to start. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. around the time. Yeah. We're, we're working with the tailors on our suits right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, just different, you know, communities and stuff, you know, spiritually minded people. So like there's like Buddhist communities and stuff yeah, like that where yeah, you yeah. like meet and talk about... Stuff. Buddhist scripture or I mean or yeah like meditation groups and stuff like that. meditation yeah. groups okay yeah cool cool yeah cool man well uh anything that we can promote for you would you anything you got coming up do you have a show yeah so I have a show at um uh, LA Mission College that's opening uh officially on the uh Monday April 10th but there's a reception on the 11th Tuesday from five to nine Cool. I don't think this will come out before then, but it's good to let people know you're hustling. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Ricardo Harris Fuentes, uh, at Ricardo Harris Fuentes. Yep. No underscores, nothing fancy. Just Nothing the, fancy, all yeah, one word. There aren't yeah. that many Ricardo Harris yeah. Fuentes. You get to, yeah, you get to Harris <laughs> F and it's me. <laughs> well, I love the... I love the uh, the like sandwiching of American yeah. <laughs> Ricardo and Fuentes yeah, yeah. bread, Latin bread. Right, totally. It was like tostadas cubanas <laughs> with some white meat chicken. Yeah, no, oh, my dad's like, you know, my white dad's like, you're a coconut. You know, you're brown on the outside, white on the inside. <laughs> Just like my name. Uh, yeah. 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 I would say that was racist if Latinos didn't do that to each other as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. I'm, I'm teasing. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. I was like, wait, I'm that's sure a little weird he said that. <laughs> you're just realizing it yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just put a slow motion clip. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for being a nice member of the community. I always have fun. Uh, yeah, I, I really class. enjoyed your show at also a gallery also. Awesome. Who curated that? Um, Carl? Uh, Carl. Yeah. Cool. Carl, Carl's too. a good friend. Yeah, like, he's, he's amazing. A, he's friend. a generous friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where's my show, Carl? No. <laughs> <laughs> is this on? Carl yeah. is so generous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking next November. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I can get my own shows, Carl. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for having me. This no, has been a, such a treat. Yeah, man. I right love, back at you. I always love to, to get to know the people around a little bit better, and I feel yeah. like we, we've accomplished that. I definitely know that we, man, 
at 15, we would have fucking torn it up. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> I maybe would have been like, trance is not quite for me, but I would have definitely gotten down on it because I wasn't that much of an elitist. Yeah. But hey, if you had ketamine, I'd be into country. I mean, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I remember watching, uh, uh, I don't even know what it was, but I remember, <laughs> yeah. I remember watching a movie, a TV from my friend's bed and we were just hanging out watching it. And it felt like I was in Chinema Paradiso where they're like in, you know, when they showing the movies in the piazza, I was yeah, in yeah. a bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, people down there. <laughs> yeah. Like ketamine is definitely one of the wildest parties, uh, that you can have for sure. And it makes everything seem like a coincidence. You're always like, mm -hmm. you're like, Oh my God, the movie, we made it to it on time. Yeah. But all these little things had to work <laughs> out and you're like, <laughs> we got in the cab and, <laughs> but the cab was perfectly timed. And then like you, and then it's, that happened like that lingers after you've been getting high for like maybe a week. And then afterwards you're like, I'm full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> we just called it. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, thank you guys uh, for watching. We'll be back next week with another guest, uh, that with another topic that may or may not be art related. And uh, yeah, thank you for watching.